Hello, everyone, and welcome to the Boot and Hearth Podcast. Uh, my name is Grayson Nelson, uh, and I'm joined, as always, by Ted Shear. How's it going, man? Hello. Um, yeah, so we're going to be talking. We're going to be talking the Premier League uh, today. We're going to be talking about all the fun things that have gone on and things that were said that were going to happen, but didn't shortly after. Um, I don't even know what I meant by that, but uh, Jesse Marsh knows what I meant by that. So uh, good to go on that one. Um, quick toast uh, to you and yours. Uh, happy to be talking again about the Premier League. Love it. Love it. Can't get enough. So we got a we got a letter in we got a we got an email at at the email at at Bootenarth Podcast at gmail.com. Whoa, 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 we got an email? We got an email. Uh from loyal listener uh Bella Younger. Uh, oh my god. Yeah, loyal listener. Uh, she said uh long long time listener, uh first time uh first time reach out, you know. And uh, really like the content you guys covered, especially the Everton meltdown. Uh, found it really insightful. Uh, for the people who uh, are not super familiar with the Premier League, though, and just listen to the podcast to, to hear their boyfriend's voice, could you maybe uh, <laughs> add, add some varieties in there uh, for content uh, that maybe people just looking for a bit of banter could follow? Um, P.S. Can you send more pictures of the cats to me? Um, so thank you, listener Bella. Appreciate it. Uh, we look forward to more, more fan email coming in, but on the topic of this, um, we're going to start out with, uh, I'm switching it up. We're going to start out with a bit of a bit of a quiz for, uh, for, for Ted here. And, uh, we're going to play that. We're going to play good old how (laughs) I 95, uh, throughout Europe. Uh, so I've got a I've got a list of the shortest and longest distances in, in Europe's top leagues, and we're gonna try and figure out from Boston where it would end up down I ninety five on the East Coast. Um, but I, I just thought this was really interesting. So the the shortest distance in the PL from stadium to stadium is uh, is Liverpool and Everton, which is half a mile. Um, I don't think we're gonna do that one in I ninety five because I genuinely don't think there's any section of I ninety five that you get from X to Y and half a mile on it. Um, but I, I think I think it's I, I think it's even longer. It would take me longer to get to my gym than it would to uh, to get to get to Goodison Park from Anfield. So good old rivalry. Um, I like it. I like it. I didn't know there was going to be a quiz. If there's going to be quizzes every week, I'm going to start bringing questions for you, man. Ah, no, feel free, feel free. I I love I I love me a bit of trivia. Uh, that's my favorite part of Hogwarts Legacy so far. I've just been there's one person who who gives out trivia questions, and I've been going absolutely try hard on them. Okay, um, covered everything today. But the all right, so the longest uh, distance apart in uh, in the Premier League is Newcastle to Bournemouth, which is 346 miles, a.k.a. 560 kilometers. Now, Ted, I want you to tell me what the distance is from... What is the closest city from Boston that would represent uh, 346 miles? So I'm you get give or take. You get. Give I'm or take. immediately breaking this down into like sixty miles per hour. You know, so I'm gonna give you like a, I'm, I'm I'm taking that sixty miles per hour. Okay. Okay. And I'm 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 taking the three hour distance, three hour drive, and I'm looking at the map and I'm thinking, where could I get from Boston in three hours? And I'm thinking maybe like. Also, I want to preface this answer with the fact that I am very much directionally challenged. So I love it. Even, say, it makes this even better. Yeah, makes I'm gonna better. I'm gonna say just on a on a on a, off the cuff. If we're going down 95, Boston to Providence, I'm thinking three hours. Uh, you are dead fucking wrong. Um, <laughs> <laughs> you are so wrong, and may God have mercy on your soul. Uh, so I'm not even. If that was your first guess, we will we will move on. So Boston to Philadelphia is 307 miles. 
Okay. So it is so, yeah, four, 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 40 miles shy of, of that distance. But essentially, the drive from Boston to Philadelphia would represent Damn. the drive I, from yeah, I, I was Vitality Stadium <laughs> to St. James. My second guess was New York, which is like halfway. That's close. I mean, that, that was a bit closer. Providence was all right. All right, we're learning. We're learning a lot on this one. Okay. Um, so the next, the next distance that I thought was interesting was the longest distance uh, on the same body of land. So the same. So there's not including islands essentially, and that distance is Juventus at Allianz Stadium to Lecce in the south of italy and that distance is 627 miles okay uh, or a thousand and nine kilometers now from boston knowing that it's boston to philly is 300 got a reference point now <laughs> yeah where uh where do you think how far down i-95 do we have to go to represent the drive that would be from uve to to lecce uh my first guess is gonna be like washington dc if not a little bit further, I could say Fredericksburg. No, Fredericksburg. Keep, keep going, keep going. I'll, I'll, I'll save you the embarrassment. It can't be keep Richmond. Going. No, keep going. No way, dude. No, that doesn't even make sense. That doesn't make sense. Hold on, hold on, hold on. Let me let me look at these numbers again. You said six hundred twenty-seven miles. The last one was three hundred and sixty, right? Yeah. Yeah. No, no, no. That how does that even check out? I'm yeah. I'm okay. All right. If it's not Richmond, I'll keep going. I'll say. God damn, really? Um, you were close with Richmond. We'll go Petersburg. Sure, we'll go Petersburg. I mean, we'll all right, that, that is that is a very, uh, that is a very, uh, um, I'm not giving you Petersburg because that's not a city. Petersburg is not a fucking city at all. Um, that is such a Virginia-centric answer. No, the answer is Raleigh. The answer I was going for was Raleigh. I could really? go for Rocky Mount if uh, also. So Richmond is nine. Richmond is five hundred and fifty. Raleigh is ju- just about seven hundred. So they were kind of. It was kind of smack dab in between them. So anywhere in between Raleigh and Richmond would get you from Juventus to Lecce in the in the south of Italy. And you know, away fans are driving that every time. Oh, they're taking the train though. I mean, they're taking the train, but but yeah, but they're going the distance. They're traveling. Yeah, I'm just I. What prompted this is you always hear fucking like you always hear um like English journalists or or English fans talking about how Complaining long they have to travel for things and like the yeah. absolute longest possible distance they could go <laughs> for an away game is from Bournemouth to Newcastle. Which is fucking Boston to Philly. Essentially. <laughs> it's funny it's funny you bring that up. I was listening to um Alistair Gold talking about the Milan game that we just played over there and, and he was mentioning how like, you know, obviously they had to go all the way out there, but then he also just kind of threw it at the end that all the trains stopped stopped working at twelve oh one on the money. So like a lot of people got stuck and just kind of couldn't get out of San Zero. Yeah. That is wild. No, no thanks. Yeah. No thanks. Twelve oh one. Yeah, come on. There's got to be like a one a.m. train or something on a game day, man. Apparently not. That's a bit tough. That's a bit tough. I guess these yeah. are the problems that you experience when you're not in Europe uh, all the time, um, and your fans aren't used to it. Um, okay, the last one that I have. The last one. The longest possible distance in the top seven leagues is Chavas to Santa Clara in. Portuguese Primera Liga. That distance is a thousand miles or sixteen hundred and thirteen kilometers. Alright, I'm shooting for the fences on this one. I'm saying Boston. See, you said that on the last you said that on the last no, no, one and no, no, you went fucking time, DC. This time I'm actually doing I'm pretty it. sure I'm the distance from DC to Philly is the same distance <laughs> from Providence to fucking Boston. So Dude, I'm going Boston to Orlando. Like the full East Coast. Alright, alright. All right. I, I respect it. This has been a good judge for if if I ever need to ask you for directions, I'm definitely not fucking going to. So Boston to Orlando is Boston to Orlando. That's not the answer. 
I'm just gonna tell you it right now. <laughs> Did I overshoot? At least tell me I overshot. You overshot. Time. I'll give you. I'll give you that. You <laughs> overshot. So Boston to Orlando is is twelve hundred eighty seven miles. Um, what I was looking for was Boston to Atlanta, which is a thousand seventy. But not so the the thing about this one though, and and this is a fun fact for for all of you geography uh, geography nerds, as I know listener Bella is, um, um, is that Santa Clara plays on an island right next to the Canary Islands, which is closer, which is right off the coast of uh, Morocco and the Western Sahara. So it's not even like to say it's a part of Portugal is is an interesting concept because it's. I mean, technically, Portugal owns it, but and they play in the Portuguese top division. But you have to get there by plane or 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 flying because there's no possible way to drive it. Um, but that was uh, that was that was quiz hour with with Grayson and Ted. Um, we learn we we are always looking for ways to apparently uh, knock down Ted's ego, and we I think we did that successfully uh, with with this quiz. I don't need any help doing that. <laughs> Todd does that enough on a weekly basis for me. Well, speaking of uh, egos being sufficiently knocked down, um, we'll move into our next bullet. This Jesse Mar saga had me, you know, going through the ropes. So, so it was reported that Jesse Marsh had the job at Southampton, and then 24 hours later, he did not have the job anymore. Uh, the cases. For which being uh, that Southampton wanted to sign him to essentially a six-month deal, which was, like, keep us up, essentially. Uh, And Jesse March wanted a longer-term deal on that. Um, And... I mean, I don't blame Jesse Marsh at all. I don't, I, I, I don't blame Jesse Marsh for wanting a, a longer term contract. But I, I don't know. What do you think? What do you think, Ted? Uh, should he have taken? Should he have taken the six month deal to keep keep Southampton up? I mean, it's a job. It's a job in the Premier League. Um, yeah, he's I, really I, hard up for cash right now. <laughs> it's a short leash, admittedly, but like at the same time, what's what's the harm? You know, I, I, I completely understand him wanting more of a commitment. Like, that's just natural. But, like, also at the same time, where where's the harm there? You know, if it works out, he keeps him up. Probably going to get an extension there. If he doesn't, he's back where he started again, you know? So, I don't know. I, I see why he he probably, you know, didn't didn't go any further with it. But, I don't know. I, I, I probably wouldn't have seen the harm in, in taking the job. Yeah, so I I think my reasoning for like under like I I for why I think he why I think I understand why he didn't take it is because if he takes it and keeps him up from a relegation scrap, that's all his career is from here on out is just this the next Sam Allardyce. Yeah, yeah, yeah. You're a relegation specialist. You brought in without being able to implement a system. Um, or a style of play, you just come in and and that's what you're doing. Um, I just I don't that. think that's what he wants to do. You know, I I think I think someone who went from Red Bull New York to Red Bull Salzburg to Red Bull Leipzig. Granted, he got fired at Red Bull Leipzig, but I think it's a very specific way that he wants to play the game, and he's not allowed to do that right now because of. Um, or he wouldn't be allowed to do that if he was a relegation battle because he'd have to be pragmatic as fuck the whole time. He wouldn't be able to like really establish a, a system. So, sure, um, sure. I, I think I'm looking at it more from the angle that there's not a whole lot of clubs breaking down the door to sign him, or you know, right now. Yeah, I mean, but there's not a whole lot of clubs that are out looking for managers right now because not a whole lot of clubs are stupid enough to fire their manager in February. Um, or all right. So, so new question then. New question. Hypothetical. Hypothetical. Here we roll into the summer. Some managerial positions open up. Do you think there's interest in in bringing in Jesse Marsh? See, the thing is, the Southampton one would be perfect because Ralph Hasenhutl is also a Red Bull product, and so they were playing the Red Bull system for four years 
and mm-hmm. and that would have been a perfect implementation of it. I wonder if he. I think he probably goes back abroad. It's clear he doesn't mind working abroad. Um, think a return to the Bundesliga, maybe. Maybe, maybe I don't know. Um, I think he's good enough to work in a top league. I think he probably thinks he's good enough to work in a top league. I think he's not a relegate. He doesn't think he's a relegation battler. Um, and so I think he probably ends up going to an, maybe another top league. Um, not Spain or Italy. Maybe back to Germany. Because uh, his style is very German. Uh, or maybe back to Austria or something. But um, He may get a Premier League job. I don't think he takes it. Do you think he takes a Champions League championship position? That's a good point. I hadn't even thought about that. Um, I could see him. I could see him like considering one of the. See, I really don't know enough about the championship teams and like who. No, neither do I. Good, good team to. But like, just in general, like, like I'm not asking for a specific team, but just in general, do you think I definitely could if he's really interested in trying to make it in the Premier League as as a manager. Other than like a like a, a relegation manager, I could see him maybe taking the approach. I'm going to go down uh, to the championship, find a team, really kind of hone my tactics, and 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 you know, kind of use it as a springboard. I could see that. Uh, Marco Silva just did that. I mean, um, uh, yeah, Marco Silva just did that with um, with what's it called? What's that? Uh... It's that team that he supports, um, or not supports, Fulham, Fulham. Why am I, why couldn't I think of that? Um, so he did that with Fulham. He went down, like he was the, he was the manager for, for Everton, um, Hull, uh, and then went down to Fulham and, and ended up getting the job there. And I look, look at them now. So maybe there is something to be said. If you can get the confidence, if you can build the confidence in your team and, and getting them up, um, maybe there's something that can be said for that. So I think I, 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 I don't know if he takes a championship position. Maybe he does. Maybe he doesn't. Um, but I think what we can say about this is that, um, that I don't think he wants the U.S. men's national team job. Because if he was looking for a long-term deal with Southampton, I think he's got his eyes very clearly set on club ball. Which I, I, I what do you think of that assessment? No, I think that's accurate. I, I, I don't think he would be. I don't know. I don't think he would be a terrible fit for the job. Like I, I, a lot of people I know don't want Jesse Marsh to be the next men's national team coach but i i don't know i could see it i don't think that's what he wants right now i think he's he's happy in the domestic leagues and yeah i mean i just i i don't know i could see it i don't think it's it's the best fit but that's why yeah i think i think there's a lot of people who are shitting on jesse marsh Americans who are shitting on Jesse Marsh because they're seeing English people shit on Jesse Marsh, quite honestly. Yep. I, I think there's a lot of... Uh, I think there's a lot of non-independent thinkers uh, in that category. I'll say it. I'll say it. <laughs> I, 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 I think Jesse Marsh is a good coach. Who, who... Careful, man. We're still young pot. We don't want to get people mad at us yet. Oh, no, no. I'm driving up the controversy. <laughs> I, 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 think, uh, I think there's a lot of people who just see, like, they just want to jerk off over over a thing of fish and chips and they're uh they're seeing all these english english or english you know people say they don't like jesse marsh and and i don't know i think jesse marsh could absolutely keep southampton up or maybe maybe keep him up but i think he'd be a good fit for them even if they went down um that'd be a good project for him so i think it's kind of wild that they didn't offer him a long-term contract um especially after they offered nathan jones a contract until 2026. Outrageous. Outrageous. That is wild. Now, granted, the they had to buy. The bar is really low. <laughs> yeah. One, the they had to buy. So because they did that, they had to buy Nathan Jones out. And so because they had to buy Nathan Jones out, um, they probably don't want to have to do that again if it happens. But, like, still, get, like, like 
Jesse Marsh deserves more than six months if you're going to bring him in. It, like, it's, it, I don't know. I, like. Yeah. No, I, I agree. I agree. I think any manager would want more than six months. Um, I think maybe they're, they're just being cautious because maybe, maybe it even has something to do with the stigma with like an American manager in the Premier League. Maybe it has something to do with that. They're not, they're very, you know, skeptical about his, you know, his abilities as a manager and it doesn't help that he's American. I don't know. That's just my take on that potentially. Yeah. Um, yeah. I like, I, I get what you're saying. Got to take what you can get, but. I think he's probably going to hold out for something that he can establish himself a bit, bit further on. Maybe end up back in the MLS, but I mean, I, I, I still think there's room for him in Europe. The if, problem if is he really good. I was just going to say he's coming off of two two tough gigs where he got he got let go at Leipzig, he got let go at uh, Leeds. So so maybe maybe a trip to the championship to prove himself and just kind of prove everybody wrong is exactly what he needs. I could, you know, I mean, that could definitely be the case. The thing is, I don't know if he is like he's not a he's not an English centric manager, you know. Like he's been all over the place. So I I I think he might end up going somewhere else. Maybe no, he wouldn't go to, he wouldn't go to Ajax. Um um, no, I think he ends up probably going to another league other than other than the championship if he can't get a Premier League job. Uh, but we will see. The only thing I we we brought up Nathan Jones, and I I just want to bring this up again because I this stat is absolutely incredible. Um, Eleven Premier League managers managed uh, to earn at least a point at St Mary's, uh, which is Southampton Stadium this season, and Nathan Jones was not one of them. That is insane. That hey, is but don't wild. forget, don't forget, his team was the most aggressive, the best defensively. No, that was Luton. That wasn't even. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That wasn't even Southampton that he was talking about. They were, oh, they were the best. Dude, what a what a managerial appointment. Uh, you'll love to see it. I, I'm surprised they weren't jumping at the chance to get Jesse Marsh because it would have been like uh, anything would have been better than him, but. I think we're all like. There's also a problem because because you know Leeds is really struggling to find someone as well. It's like all right, maybe you get rid of Jesse Marsh earlier in the season, like get rid of him before the World Cup break, like a lot of teams did, and and enter the managerial searches then. But I feel like I wonder if they might be backtracking and wishing they would have kept. Jesse. Now nah, I don't I know. Mean, it, it, I don't. I mean, I think you're right. It really never makes sense to to fire a manager before the end of the season when you've got time to you know install a new system and 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 really you know settle in and bed him in comfortably. So yeah, no, I could see it. I could see them regretting that. Um, <laughs> I just you know I don't know. It's Leeds. How long? How long was Bielsa their manager for? Do you know that? I think it might have been three years. Okay. okay. I think it was three years. Um, but they, I mean, like when they fired Bielsa, they were in free fall. I mean, they were. I remember that, yeah. Just dr- they were they were losing games consistently, like four or five goals. I mean, it was really bad. Jesse, it, was, it wasn't good, but I don't know. I, I, I remember the end of the Bielsa era. They were getting blown out of the water. Uh, they were getting absolutely blown. destroyed. Yeah, it, that change needed to happen for sure. Um, but all right, um, we'll see. We'll see what ends up happening with Jesse Marsh. Um, I, I, I think the final points we're going to make on this. I personally don't think that he ends up taking a job uh, back in England unless he gets a Premier League job. Ted, what are your last thoughts on this before we move on? No, I, I could see him, you know, I hadn't even thought of it until you said it, but I could definitely see him potentially proving himself in the championship. Um, I could also see him going back to the Bundesliga. I don't think that would be that far-fetched to think. I, I think I, the least championship is a good shout. I mean, I, I, think the, I think the championship is honestly a really interesting shout. Like, to see to see what um, see what he could do. I, I, I think it would be really interesting to see him in the championship. So we'll see what ends up happening. It could be uh, interesting. I think the least likely likely scenario is that he gets that men's national team job. 
Yeah, I don't even think he'd want to do it because because of the tactical intricacies that he wants to institute. But um, all right, moving on, moving on. Um, is Conte dead? Is he dying? Like, is is he is he is he not is he a real person anymore? So he te- he texted me from his, uh, oh, his hospital shit. bed in Italy after the Milan game. He personally apologized for the uh, the lackluster Spurs performance, and I said, "Hey, hey, man, do you often you get a text? Hey, your your phone must be blown up at that point if you get a text after every lackluster performance." But. <laughs> yeah, no, I have I have quite a few texts from Antonio. Um, but yeah, no, he's, do you he's call him doing Tony? fine. Uh, uh, no, uh, I, <laughs> I was not ready for that. I don't even know. <laughs> <laughs> um, um, but no, no, he's so, yeah. So he was back on the touchline for the Milan match. Apparently there was some sort of setback is what I read. But then also I just read that, you know, he overexerted himself. Apparently he had some sort of device on his, his chest um, so I'm not entirely sure what's going on, to be honest, because I was originally, it was originally, originally reported that it was just a, like a gallbladder removal, typical procedure. Yeah, I and, thought it was know, a typical procedure. A lot of people too. have done yeah. it. Yeah. Yeah. No, nothing that serious. But then literally, I think in his quote, he said, you know, this was not, you know, a, 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 an, basically what he said is this was a more serious procedure than then you know then maybe it was reported as i don't really know what's going on there's a bunch of conflicting information being thrown around but ultimately i think he's resting at home with his family um and just getting a little more bed rest i think he tried to come back a little too soon and we know how he is mm-hmm. on the touchline so that makes sense well i mean um, last time your assistant was last time your ass man was on the uh, on the sideline he uh you guys got to win against city so uh, i think stellini has either led the team I think three or four matches, and he's won all of them. Like he has not lost. Good get or him even, a job. Even drawn. That's that's I'm saying. Maybe we need to look at him. Him and Ryan Mason. Um, but uh, <laughs> <laughs> but yeah, no. So like, yeah, uh, Conte undeniably hard year. He's lost a lot of people. Um, uh, both both his staff and independently from yeah. football. Um, so he's. It's been thrown around that he's just not in a great headspace right now on top of this whole surgery and procedure thing. Um, so and then and then on top of all of that, you have this this overwhelming pressure for him to sign a new contract with the club. And it's becoming just I feel like it's it's becoming more and more less likely that he ends up doing that. And that seems to be the prevailing opinion I've I've been hearing and reading. So I don't I, know. We I... can. We can... No, yeah, no. Keep, keep going. I was gonna Sorry. say we can just go ahead and jump into potential candidates now. <laughs> yeah. So uh, yeah, I, I, I think he's gone. I think Potch honestly is might have been seeing this the whole way through, and he's had his eye back on this gig. Um. Because I mean, home. if you think about it, like he hasn't been in talks for he wasn't in talks for the Leeds job, he wasn't in talks for the Aston Villa job, wasn't in talks for the Brighton job. He has not popped up at all throughout any of these. I I, I think he's got his eyes on one prize, and that be, like all of these. No, he it, maybe he got brought up for the Aston Villa job, but I mean, all of these teams are bound to have reached out to him and said, "Oh no." Absolutely. What's your availability? And all of them must have said. So I, I, I think Poch has his eyes on that. You found an interesting article on here. I, I'll, I'll, let, I'll let you touch on this. Um, yeah, so so I didn't read about, like, I had not seen this this idea even thrown around until today uh, of, of, of Roberto Deserbi from, from Brighton. I had not even considered that option. He wasn't even on my radar. I thought it was Poch all day, all long, all day, every day. Um, and then I, yeah, and then like literally, it was yesterday and today. I, it's it's everywhere. People are talking about Deserbi coming to Spurs. Um, and I mean, honestly, I love it. I love it. I, I've seen enough from the Gulls. Huge Gulls fan. Huge Gulls fan. Oh I've, seen en- <laughs> I've seen enough. I've seen enough to 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 really kind of uh, believe in his tactics and what he does on, uh, with with it with his team. Um, I really don't care which of those two we get. As like I just I just want a player 
develop like I want a, a manager that's going to come in and develop players. I really do. I, I we had Jose, we had the big names, we had Jose, we had Conte now, and and all they wanted us to do was spend money, and we did, and we got players in. We had a, a couple great ones in 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 Ben Tinker and Kulisevsky, but for the most part, man, it's we've just kind of. And, and we have Perisic now too, but like there's been no focus on the younger players and, and I really want to see some development there. And to my point, we had Oliver Skip and Papa Mate, Mate Sar start in our Champions League game against Milan. They played out of their mind. I thought they looked like, I thought both of them looked better than, than Hoybier. And, and, and I just, I don't know. It looked like a much more dynamic midfield. There was a lot more going on. It felt more creative. It looked more creative. That's where I stand. I, I just think we need more in that. More more injection of youth. There is no shot that Deserby leaves Brighton to come to Spurs. I mean, that would be insane for him to come in, have made an impact as much of an impact as he has at Brighton. And then for not even a year like not even a full year later, head to head to Spurs. That would be insane. I I I don't know. I I I think it would. I think Deserby would be awesome for Spurs. But one, I think Brighton would blow up Hotspur Stadium if that was the case. <laughs> We'd have to offer uh, and, him a lot of money. I feel like. And two, I mean, our uh, uh, Brighton are just below Tottenham in the table right now. And if I had to pick between. Of those two teams, which one I would bet on making it into the top four, it would not be the Cox. You're you're talking to a Spurs fan, man. I <laughs> I agree with you. Right? Yeah, I know. I I know Natoma, you don't agree with me, or I know Natoma, you agree with me. Yeah, yeah. Toma is amazing. Like like is is phenomenal. Their whole team is is I don't know electric. I love watching them. Um. Yeah. So I I. I think that's that might be driving clicks uh, with that link. I, I really doubt that that Deserby is uh, would make that switch. But what if? I saw a lot of articles that say that were saying it, and, and uh, I, granted, I know it's just just. Well, he might be he, on the he, radar. He, like they might be interested in him, but that, that doesn't. I agree, mean though. Shit. It is unlikely. It yeah. is unlikely. It's much uh, more likely that Potch steps back in. Which again, fine with that. I just want a a, a manager that's going to develop players, please. Um, all right, getting into our getting into our next point. Um, there was a, a small matter of a of a title uh, title contender a clash at the Emirates uh, yesterday. Uh, we're recording this on Thursday, uh, and so Man City won it. Um, they're now ahead on goal difference, uh, but Arsenal have a game in hand. And did you did you watch this game? I watched the first first half, a little bit of the second half. I was I was at the office, so I couldn't watch too much of it. Uh, at the office, yeah. yeah. Um, I, saw, I saw the penalty though. I saw that. Dude, that was that was a, a a complete penalty, no doubt in my mind. There's no there's no argument for that not being a pen. I don't know. <laughs> what do you think? Wait, uh, clearly you clearly you don't agree. No, no, no. I, I just think it was right to ask the question. Uh, I think, I don't know. It looks, I don't think there was any malintention. I really don't. I really I, think both players. It's not cynical. Speed. I agree. Yeah. Right. I, I, that's, I mean, that's, that's basically my, my, he, and Ketia got the ball. I'll, like, uh, I agree with that. And, and. I don't know. I, I think the other part of it, I saw the argument that was being made and I kind of agreed with it, was that I don't think his ball was, in, his cross was impacted by the foul. Granted, I know that doesn't matter. It's it's still a foul, but like, I don't know. I thought there was an argument to be made at the very least. But give me your side. Uh, no, I mean, I mean, he, he absolutely cleaned, cleaned his, cleaned his clock. I mean, it, <laughs> he, he took him out completely. He missed the ball. If he would have gotten the ball, then I'm sure it would have been like it would have been fine. Um, but he didn't get the ball. He was late coming in, and 
he he completely took out Nketiah. So I mean, that's a pet. If if that's if that's William Saliva doing that, stone cold pen. So I mean, I don't know why if it or not William Saliva. If they, if that's that's Ruben Diaz doing that, stone cold pen. Sure. So sure. I don't know. I don't know why it would be different if yeah, if it. You was also like doing. yeah. You also sprinkle on top that it's the keeper. So I don't know. I. So the keeper isn't like this immune, you know, he shouldn't be affected on corners and stuff like that. Like, I agree he's not immune, but at the same time, that's that's kind of the reality of it. You know, keepers are given a little bit of leeway in that regard. They are given a little bit of leeway, but the leeway on this is too much. No, no shot, man. No. I don't know. He missed the ball. He missed the ball. And what? (laughs) I said fuck Arsenal. Yeah, <laughs> he missed the ball. He, he cleaned him out. Yeah, it should have been a pen. And it was good to see Saka making the pen after uh, after the Euros, after everything that went down with the Euros. Um, so with with this game, uh, with the end result of this game uh, in mind, um, do you think? Uh, do you think Arsenal still have this, or do you think do you think this is City's lose? What do you think? I think there's a lot left in the second half of the season. I think Man City. It's tough, man. It's tough. When I watch Arsenal, they look so. They look so good. They look really confident. They look like they've got their system and they know exactly what they're trying to do. Man City, maybe not so much, but I think they have the edge. They definitely have the edge in in depth. And that's where I kind of worry about Arsenal a little bit. If they get like, if they pick up two injuries, I, I worry about them being able to sustain the level that they're playing at. So, yeah, I- ultimately, in conclusion, it's gonna be close. I think. I think Man City might might take it. But you think it comes down to the wire? I really do. Yeah. I okay. It's gonna be tight. Um. I, after watching Arsenal choke away um, top four last year to to Tottenham, um. I mean, I know this team has grown up and they've had a really good start to the year, but now they're really coming through some adversity and, um. For all the pretty pictures, Mikel Arteta might be able to draw on uh, on a uh, chalkboard, and all the all the crowd clips he might play at training. Um, I don't think it's going to be enough, and I think City are probably going to come away with it. It's a good thing though that City will be getting banished to the fucking Bangladesh Premier League um, after after all of these charges come through. Um, yeah, it's good to know that that. Your your league championship doesn't matter when the team who's winning it has cheated the entire time. Uh, yeah, so, so Arsenal might end up with the title anyway, just two years from now. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> um, uh, but you brought up we we were talking about the pen. We were talking about the pen here for a bit. Uh, there were a couple of there were a couple of controversies over the weekend um, when it comes to. Penalties, goals, specifically goals, and goals uh, not being taken away, goals, you know. And there were two controversies over the weekend, uh, one with Brentford and Arsenal and and one in the Brighton game. Um, And uh, I wanted to uh, get your take. I I don't think we've really talked about VAR as a whole on the show yet. And I was was curious... because I, I'll be honest, I was an ardent defender of VAR for most of its time in existence because I was like, it's great to have the video review, you know, and, and we have the check and everything. But if they, this this past weekend completely flipped me, because like if, if we're going to have errors in the mix, then like I'd rather have the celebration happen on the field because they know that they like scored and they're not gonna get called for offside. Like if the if the error is just gonna happen in VAR, then I mean I don't What's know. What's the point? Yeah, yeah. So yeah. so I heard a really it's really funny that you phrase it like that because I heard a really good argument. I think it was um I think it was on goal zone potentially. It was maybe Tim Howard in the desk. Um 
but they were talking about exactly what you just mentioned. And, and the, the argument they came up with was that VAR is what it is. The problem is there's, there's, it was billed as like the end of errors and officiating. Like that was kind of how it was sold to the public. This was going to clean it up. There would be no more, you know, uh, lack of an offsides call or, you know, wrong or in error offsides call. Mm. And uh, this was going to clean up a bunch of things and just kind of make a cleaner game overall. And because of that billing, people kind of forget that there's, there's still a person you know, running, running the VAR system. There's still human and, error. Yeah, exactly. And so when things like what happened last weekend happen, people are outraged. Cause like you said, then what's the point? Like, what is the point? You're just kind of slowing down the game at this point. Yeah. And we've been robbed of some really quality goal celebrations. You know, it, it, it's exactly. And there are a lot of decisions that have been overturned by this, but I don't think the public sentiment has really, gotten better about VAR as time has gone on, you know, like, like, I don't think, I think maybe people are a bit more apathetic to it now, like, like people understand that it, it exists, but if there's going to be errors like this, I mean, I, I think people would rather just the game be played and we can talk about that, like we can talk about ref errors later on, you know? Like there is a place for it. Like undeniably, I think there is a place for it. But like for example, your especially point for offsides calls. Like may, may, yeah. maybe the penalty calls, maybe not. But but maybe for offsides calls. For offsides, offsides, absolutely. But like for example, your point on celebrations makes it very confusing. Like for example, the Grealish goal. I think it was Grealish scores, runs to the corner celebrating. There's three people around the ref, like, like trying to figure out if it's going to stand or not. Yeah, like yeah. not celebrate. Like it's just I, I don't know. It it it, it muddies the water in that regard because you know as fans, you know you. It you takes away from the beauty of the game. Yeah. Exactly. That whole climax of scoring a goal kind of ruined. Mm-hmm. Yeah. No. One hundred percent. And and, um, I think it takes away from the flow of the game as well. Um, for no real reason, especially if the errors are going to happen, but um. See, so yeah, we'll see what ends up happening. I, I, I think if this happens again, there's going to be a real conversation around around removing VAR. But uh, we'll see. We'll see what ends up happening. Mm-hmm. I think this really even think even this. Far? You think they'll go that far? You think they'll just straight up remove VAR? Uh, I think they'll probably bring in the semi-automated stuff that we had in the World Cup. Mm-hmm. Um, but, but I mean, like. If Arsenal end up losing the title, I know they're gonna push for for um, push for push for some real VAR changes or something like that. Um, if Brighton miss out on or or Bright, yes, Brighton got their stuff kept in. But if we have another weekend like this, I think I think there's gonna be a real push for it. Um, but I do want to say on top of this though that I I think I I was listening to a podcast. Um, for this that uh, someone who wrote in made a really good point is that these refs on the field are really good at what they do. Like, like granted that they'll mess up some calls every now and again, but there are very few people that could do as good of a job as these linesmen specifically are in these very complex scenarios and these very fast paced scenarios, making these offside calls and stuff like that. So I mean, I, we're not sitting here like I, at least I I'm personally not on here like shitting on the refs, shitting on the no, the, the VAR refs that that uh, messed up this call. I just think the concept of VAR takes away from the game in a romantic sense, and I would rather it not not be there as a part. I st- I, I I it's not not going at the refs at all. It's it's more the system. Well, and again, and again, I, I think I think it's important to emphasize that I, I think a lot of the outrage just becomes or it comes from or stems from the fact that it was, you know, it was supposed it was billed and sold as as a perfect system. And yeah. it's not. Yeah. So mm-hmm. it's not the ref's fault. It's not the ref's fault. It's the way it was presented. Yeah. Yeah. One hundred percent. I agree. Yeah. Um, all right. We've covered the lighthearted stuff up to this point. Let's get serious. We, we've covered. Let Let's get serious. Ted, are, are you ready to get serious? Oh, oh yeah. 
Are you ready to cover the big hitters here? Absolutely. All right, I'm going to ask you a question, and I want your hypothesis, and then we'll get into the data here. We're going to be very scientific about this, okay? Why are you laughing? This is serious. I'm sorry. I'm sorry. Don't throw it again. Get serious. serious. Okay. Is there a correlation between baldness and Premier League success? Ted, what is your hypothesis? I mean, if if we go straight to the data here. If we go straight to the data. No, no, no. Don't look at the data. No, I want your hypothesis before we get into the data. No, no. I want your hypothesis. My hypothesis, I mean, look at the... If I ask you the question, is there a correlation between baldness and Premier League success, what would you think? In a vacuum, in a vacuum, I start watching Premier League soccer this season. All right. I'm looking at the table. I see Man City. All right. Pep Guardiola. So many titles, so many trophies, so many things to be proud of. Bald. He's bald. Mm -hmm. I'm looking at I'm looking at Man United. They were a dumpster fire, man. Dumpster fire. Mm-hmm. They had Ronaldo on their team. They couldn't they couldn't win a game. They bring in Ten Hag. Almost bald. almost top of the table at this point. Mm-hmm. Also bald. Also bald. <laughs> I mean I mean, we're we're looking at the heavy hitters here, and if we really, I, I, it's it's. I'm not even gonna look at the top of the table anymore. Let's go all the way down to the bottom of the table, and let's look at let's look at Everton. Who did they bring in? To <laughs> <laughs> and, who, and who got a result against the top team? Yeah, yeah. But I'm I'm, I'm gonna play I'm gonna I'm gonna play devil's advocate here. Mikel Arteta top of. Or top of the ta- table until yesterday. Beautiful, luscious head of hair. I mean, the the man has a beautiful head of hair. So I mean, yeah. there is that. Who's? Uh, let me look at. Let's look at the. I'm I'm gonna pull up the Premier League table real quick, cause, and we're gonna go through the hair qualities of everyone before we get into the data. Um, Premier League table. Um. Man, you Newcastle. Eddie Howe is Eddie Howe's not bald. No, he's not. He's no, not he's bald. No, nah, he's got hair. It's it's shortcut, but yeah, yeah. Uh, Antonio Conte. I mean, <laughs> we're, talking, we're talking pre-transplant or post. No, no. I mean, I, <laughs> see. Here's the thing. If you have if you have hair transplants, do you qualify as bald? I think. Like yeah, I, honestly, that's a good point. Probably still considered bald, right? Because I would say it's a different type of bald. Because I mean, it's like a, if you get a hair transplant, like you're admitting that you're bald. Like like you're gonna go bald. You've kind of you've you've kind of already already just conceded that fact. I, right? Yeah, I would say I, I would say Brighton, a Deserby, not bald. Next is Fulham with a beautiful head of hair, getting into Thomas Frank at Brentford, another luscious locks. Liverpool. <laughs> Jurgen Klopp's wearing that hat a lot recently. Uh, <laughs> I don't know where, we, where <laughs> he's at. That's a good point. I, yeah, I yeah. not about that either. He's got um, the veneers. He got rid of the glasses. <laughs> if he stops wearing the hat, uh, I think he might have gone the Conte route. Oh, um man. Graham Potter, he's got reasonable hair. Unai Emery looks like uh, looks like a fit penguin, honestly. <laughs> uh, the penguin from DC, not like an actual like penguin, but he's got the slicked back hair. Vieira bald. Um, Brendan Rodgers has hair. Yeah, so I mean, I feel I don't like know, gotta, man. Gotta, I don't know. Share, can we share the data yet? I feel like yeah, gotta, yeah, you know, yeah. Let's get into audience. the data. Let's get into the data. All right, so so I've just I've just put up the data, um, and this is this is what we're you know, Grayson threw this together the other night real quick. Yeah. <laughs> um, but yeah, just kind of, just I mean, I don't know if there's a clear correlation here, but there's definitely maybe something to be said about it, you know. Um. As uh, as as someone who who has an econ degree and 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 did a lot around this, uh, there is no fucking correlation whatsoever. <laughs> I'm 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 gonna I'm gonna poop on the party here. There's a, maybe no, not really. I mean, most I think that I think the big thing is 
most managers are not that bald. Um, but yeah, yeah, no, there's a, there's not that much of a, of a correlation, unfortunately, but interesting thought experiment. Also, this data has, has Conte pre-transplant and Conte after transplant in 2007. I just like the idea that the the y axis is bald percentage. Yeah, <laughs> I just think that's hilarious. I um, I think it's also wonderful that that Conte's win percentage yeah. jumps about fifteen percent, fifteen to twenty percent after his hair transplant. So that man pushed his confidence back onto his players after that one, I guess. So the question I think, like, do you think? Which way do you think it correlates more? Do you think a lower win percentage manager has less hair because he's more stressed about the results? Or do you think it goes the other way? And because a a manager with higher win percentage is perceivedly working harder, maybe, loses his hair because he's more stressed about the work, the workload? Um no, I I think I think Frank Lampard is is the is the exception that proves the rule here, where um, you could visibly see him losing his hair on the sideline as as the games went on. <laughs> uh, out of it. For the most part, though, I I mean, not even handfuls. It's just every to every week you'd turn on an Everton game and they'd flash to Frank Lampard and you'd be like. He, he, he had more hair the last week. <laughs> Definitely had more hair. Um, so now I, I I I don't I don't think unless you're unless you're managing Everton, maybe that's why they brought in Sean Dyche because he's already got not any hair. So they're like, all right, you know what? He doesn't have any hair to lose, so he doesn't have to have an existential crisis while he's coaching our team. So, Nobody will know. Yeah, no one will know. Yeah. Um, <laughs> All right, all right. We've uh, we've tackled we've tackled the important things with that. I'm I'm glad uh, I'm glad that person ran that data. Shout out, uh, whatever Reddit user did that. Um, all right, let's get uh, let's get into the pickums here. Um, Ted, how do we do? I had a I had a phenomenal week. Man, no. You had a uh, not oh. great week. If I had to be honest, I called. I got my half. Point did you get the half point for the <laughs> for the Newcastle Bournemouth? Yes. I uh, did. Fuck <laughs> off. <laughs> oh, so yeah, man. so we obviously neither of us got the West Ham Chelsea um, or the Arsenal Brentford, um, but Crystal Palace, Brighton. I called that draw. Fulham Forest. I called Fulham. Um, <laughs> and then yeah southampton wolves we both got wolves and then yeah the big one was the bournemouth newcastle game with that brawl um newcastle then, let me down dude what f- fucking hey, drama man. scenes they've got the most draws in the league right now like yeah it's like, ridiculous i do they're they're coming crashing out of the out of fourth after liverpool beat them next week we'll have pete on the pod and, and we can go over this uh but um, um and yeah I, you called I, the upset here with liverpool beating everton so uh, fuck. <laughs> I, 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 I regret on some level picking Leeds, but Leeds were dominating that game against Man U, and they really could have won that. Um, the fact that it was 2-0 did not speak to what the first half of that game was. Also, there were some, I don't know if you saw the highlights from that game. If you didn't, I would recommend going and watching them because oh, Weston watch. McKinney and Tyler Adams laid some beautiful uh, crunching yeah. tackles in that good game. good little good little uh duo in the midfield there oh yeah they are they are menaces they are very leads they are very peak uh <laughs> peak leads um all right so what are the scores so yeah actually so you're you're at 31 31 and a half and 37 uh i am at 32 and a half uh and 36 l's yeah and, uh, take a fucking we, award you the dick. guests uh what did we decide to do with the guests uh, uh they're dead to us so uh okay, we don't cool yeah yeah, yeah. cool uh, all right let's uh let's get into the next week uh sounds good aston villa v arsenal at villa park excuse me um i am gonna say arsenal bounce back here i'm going arsenal again um 
I I am I'm I'm stuck between a draw and Arsenal. Um uh, because I Arsenal have been in poor shape and I think they might go into free fall. Um but I think there's a chance that they come back. Because you picked Arsenal, I'm going to go draw. I I I will give you a, yeah, I I think I think this is going to be a draw. I think I think um Care to call it for the half point? No, 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 no. no. Not yet, not okay. yet. I'm going to pick and choose my battles on that one. Okay. Um, okay. All right, Brentford v. Crystal Palace. I I go I go bees, man. I go bees. You'd be hard you'd be hard uh put to find a week I did not pick Brentford. See, uh I can go back and find them because there are they do exist. Uh, but after I have a I me and Brentford uh need to have a talk because there was a, a strong period where, where I was picking them and they were either drawing or losing. And then I stopped picking them and then they started winning again. So I'm going to pick Brentford here. And I swear to fucking God, if they draw or lose, I'm, I'm calling Thomas up and be like, hey, buddy, what the hell? What's going on? What's going on? <laughs> um, so we'll see what ends up happening there. Um, okay, Everton v. Leeds. Um, Ted, I'll let this... you go first on this one. Go first yeah. on this one. Give me go first on this one. Yeah, I'm yeah, I'm yeah. going Everton on this one. Uh, okay. Everton have Sean Dyche as a manager, and I feel like he eats caretakers for fucking lunch. Like, I feel like he's gonna have Skubala on a fucking platter in this one. I mean, Skubala did did decently in the last few games, but um. I don't know. I don't know if they're ready for this. Also, Melia has not been having that good of a year. Uh, it depends on if, 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 yeah, yeah. We'll see what ends up happening. This might be a draw too. I don't know. I, Ted, what do you think? You bring up a good point with the caretaker manager, and I, I love Sean. I love Sean Dash. Um, proper football man, any, <laughs> any. <laughs> Um. Oh man, I think I gotta go draw here because. Yeah, you fucking cop out, pussy. Yeah. All right. I think I'm gonna go draw here. I think I go draw here because uh, you've swayed me with your McKenny and uh, and Adams talk. I forget I said that. Uh, yeah. It's too late. It's already been said. It's already yeah. on paper. So. Uh, yeah, that's where I stand on that. I'm not gonna call it a score on that one, but uh, I bet that's an entertaining game. That's going to be a really good game. Yeah, definitely excited for that one. Um, Forest v. Man City. All right, there's only one right answer here. And it's... Uh... <laughs> say it! No, 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 go ahead and say it. No, complete the joke. Complete the joke. No, complete the joke. And we'll hold you to it. No, no. You're going to hold me to it. Yeah, fuck yeah, I'm going to hold you to it. No. No. They started the joke. Say the punchline. I'm not doing it, man. Oh, what a bitch. They got beat by oh Fulham my last, God. last week, if I'm not mistaken. I'm going Man City. Cause... All right. Yeah, I'm going Man City, too. Yeah. Yeah, that's... Sorry, listener, if you can hear my there. cats uh, uh, being very noisy around me. Um, they are very upset that I have not given them their wet food yet. Um, and so they are climbing all over my desk and all over me uh, in an effort to remind me that I need to feed them. Um just a terrible owner. Um, yeah, we both went city. Okay. Um, Wolves v. Bournemouth. Who you got? Another tough one. I think I go Wolves. I go I, Wolves um, strictly because I feel like they're on a bit of a roll here. Yeah, I go Wolves too. Le Petitgui is a good coach. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yep, yep, yep. Um, he, he's on the bald chart. <laughs> he no, he's on the ball chart, but he, I mean, he, he's low down he's there. Down, he's he's, he's like got air. He's got air. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, he's got air. He's good to go. Chelsea, Southampton. Interestingly, Tuchel is just below the fifty percent bald line. I saw line. that. I saw that. Yeah, but he always, he always wears a cap, so you really don't see it. Yeah, there. see, that's the thing. I feel like the capped managers are getting a bit hard done by here because Klopp's right there too. I also feel like Klopp's probably more bald than this uh, this chart gives him credit for. Um, but 
Uh, okay. Um, Chelsea, Southampton, I'm going Chelsea. Chelsea. Chelsea right. were so unlucky not to get a result against Dortmund. Like, so unlucky to get a, not to get a result against them. I didn't catch that game. Did they look I, good? They, they had, a, Joe Felix had a couple of really, really big chances that, that, he wasn't able to finish one bounce straight off the crossbar and back out. And the, and the goal that Dortmund got was off of a corner or is essentially just Karim Adeyemi just sprinting past 115 pound man or 115 million pound man. Enzo Fernandez, uh, for a one-on-one with Karim Adeyemi. Enzo uh, does look good. Yeah. He didn't look good in that play, but, um, he does look good. Uh, yeah, I'm going Chelsea. Uh, Ted, what are you doing? It's tough. It's tough, but I, I got to go Chelsea. Got to go Chelsea? Yeah, I got to go Chelsea because, like I said, I think Enzo Enzo Fernandez looks fairly competent in their system. And I think Shell Felix, I know I said he was overrated last time we were talking about him, but I, I think he's going to bet in nicely as well. Yeah, so, yeah. Um, he's really exciting to watch. I, 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 I've really enjoyed watching Shao Felix up to this point. Um, so, um, okay, Brighton v Fulham. Uh, I'm gonna say Brighton before you can. So if you wanna be, uh, if you wanna be a bitch and follow me, you, you can. But uh, oh, I man. think this one has a chance to be a draw, though. Also, I will, I will yeah. state that Fulham, Fulham have uh, been been proving themselves uh throughout the year so but they've also been they struggled getting the final pass so you never know so yeah i am gonna go draw on this one um love brighton wow good for you potential potential future manager of, of spurs right there um so you know i'll pull for him future um, manager but, of spurs but, but but i am gonna go draw on this one to be contrarian okay um, Newcastle, Liverpool. Oh, this one's easy. Man. Nah, this one's easy. Yeah. Liverpool yeah, right. basically guaranteed top four um, after uh, after beating Everton. Uh, I I think I think the Premier League has already awarded it to us after beating Everton. So uh, so I'm going I'm going Liverpool in this one. Uh, believe it or not, <laughs> I am going Newcastle. <laughs> so yeah, you bad. would you fucking bitch. I can't wait for this game. Do you want to come watch it over here at my place? <laughs> I don't. I don't. No. We can get Pete on FaceTime. Put him on the project projector nah, too. Yeah, I'm good. <laughs> no, no, no. I'll watch it. I'll watch it in my own time. I'm good. Yeah, yeah. Uh, Manu Lester. Man, Lester put up four goals uh, in their last outing. Uh, who'd they put up four goals against? Uh, it's not important, but they put up No, four. no, no, I'm, I'm trying to remember. It's not important. It's a team. It's really not. I couldn't. Is it, is it the Tottenham Hotspurs? Uh, maybe. I don't know. Maybe, maybe. I don't really yeah. follow them that closely. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> but Leicester are pretty shit, so I'm going to go Man U. I, I agree. Man United. Rashford has looked insane as of late, so. He, sc- he scored today at, uh, the New Camp. In uh, at Barcelona, so man's automatic there right now. He is indeed. He um, is. Spurs okay. West Ham. Easiest, God. easiest pick of the fucking oh. easiest pick of the week here. God. Mm. I don't like this one. I don't like this one at all. I'm going Spurs because I think we're gonna play. We're gonna play the same. We got. I mean. I think we gotta play the same mid- midfield. Well, or some combination. We'll play Hoybier. Hoybier will be back. Or yeah. Sar. Um but I mean I mean Romero's still out. Uh, I still gotta go Spurs, but I there are concerns here for sure. West Ham usually plays this pretty pretty hard. Um I am going uh what I'm going draw. I'm going draw on this one. Yeah. Yeah. I want to go West Ham, one? but do you want to call the score on this one? Um, I think why not? I think it'll be a nil-nil. Nil-nil. See that? You can see that? 
you both play really boring soccer, so and Paquetta's out, so so Skamaka. Yeah, I think this is a nil nil. Um all right. And that's gonna wrap us up right there. Yeah. So all right. So guys, hope you enjoyed. Um glad we actually got to stream this. Like I said, um we stream this at the Boot and Hearth podcast on Twitch. We also stream it on Swab IV. Um we are live currently on both channels. If you wanna, you know, email us, you can get us at the boot and hearth uh at gmail.com. Uh we also have a Discord. Um the boot and hearth podcast uh you can you can shoot us an email and ask to join that as well for any updates or you know scheduling questions um we usually do this around midweek every week typically i I know we're a little bit late this week but that's just the way it goes sometimes most times we have guests on too so a lot of variety going back and forth here um and yeah thanks for listening you have anything to add on that note I uh, know. I uh, really appreciate you listening, everyone, and and I hope I uh, hope you enjoyed the pod, and then um, yeah, we'll catch you next next week. All okay. right. Bye, Roy. And yes, yes, I got people asking if I can link the official channel, so I will do that as well. So okay, awesome, perfect. All right, Thanks, bye, guys. everyone.